You're listening to the Mopcast Network. Welcome to the Mopcast Raw. I'm your host, Scotty White, and I am delighted and thrilled to have my guest for, for this show, uh, the talented and amazing Daniel Boyd. Scotty, I couldn't be happier to be on any show than yours. I'm so proud of you. Oh. And those we're gonna have our mutual admiration club right. here. But you're the student that I pushed to, man. This is this guy who's he's working in the pros. He's published <laughs> and now his show is all over the world, as and I understand in Europe. It's crazy in Australia and South America. We're very, very proud about that. But this is about you today, and I wanna 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 uh, talk about some highlights about it. Um, if you're not familiar with Daniel Boyd, uh, you should be because he's amazing. Um, Daniel Boy is a filmmaker and uh, you know something. Um, he's a comic writer, graphic novel producer, and is just he's a three-time Fulbright scholar. Yeah, which I am just yeah thoroughly impressed. I'm, I'm impressed anybody who's a Fulbright scholar, but you're a three-time three-time. I definitely want to talk about that. Your time in Tanzania, and so. Um, well, before you make me sound too big, I'm a three-time. The reason I'm a three-time is because West Virginians do good work. I was lucky to get the first one. Right. They liked what we did there. And it was me and our team here from West Virginia State University, and that's why it was three times. Well, this, I mean, yeah, it, it always takes a, you know, like they say, it takes a village. It does, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, especially in production, you need a good team. I mean, and, you know, both in film and in comics. I mean, you know, our writers just part of it. You need a good artist to go along with it, and vice versa. An artist, you know, I see a lot of artists try to do comics themselves, but they don't have the writer. And it's it's always a better when it's a collaboration, and and there's some few talents out there who can do both but it's always seems as a lot stronger when you have t- those two minds coming together those three minds coming together and same way with filmmaking it's a it's a it's a group effort <laughs> you mm-hmm. have to birth that baby collaborative um, art so um but you've done uh three features uh four four or four four features, features. uh one was in the educational area but it was feature length so wonderful four. wonderful yeah. and um uh, a, a lot of people may know you from your stint from the from the USA Network from from Chillers and uh, which is a great film which you, you've done a graphic novel about and uh, you've done uh, Strange Dreams or Invasion of the Space Preachers and there's one more uh, Paradise Park Paradise Park, Park which also came out as Heroes of the Heart and now has been reverted back to Paradise Park I don't own it but uh, I think it'll have new life again here in oh, next year well, so very cool we'll, yeah. we'll definitely share it when we find out. So how did this all start for you? Uh, I mean, you're a West Virginian born and raised, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you know, when did little Danny Boyd decide he wanted to make a movie? <laughs> you know, Tell stories. Uh, Scotty, it's just, it's just it's just good luck of my life. I, mean, I was grew up in rural West Virginia and we didn't make movies. Right. But we we liked stories and we told stories. Uh, I loved movies. I grew up with monster movies. Uh loved everything work of the sensate you know horror science fiction fantasy i read those i learned to read from those comics um never even and again i I wasn't a pessimist but i thought i had to have a better chance playing for the yankees than i would making movies right that would just never cross my mind um undergraduates um Played around with audiovisual, you know, b- b- back in the when I was going to high school and middle school, junior high in, in the seventies, you know, it was it was the AV club, right? You know, like reel to reel, his first reel to reel video and stuff like that. And I was always fat, and I'd play around with those, and we'd make little comedy tapes and things like that. My real goal was, I thought the ultimate for me was to become what we're doing now, be a radio DJ. <laughs> I thought that would be the the ultimate. Uh, and actually, I had you know some experience with that. Well, that's cool. 
uh, started playing more with 35 millimeter cameras. And I get asked this question a lot. Uh, again, movie fanatic. I mean, I grew up in the cinema. I was, I was my parents would drop me in town every weekend, and I'd, you know, from day till night, I'd watch movies. Um, and and then uh, I was a communications major at WVU, but very little media. There was no hands-on. Uh, just a couple like film and preach classes and stuff. And then I graduated, and I decided to get back to the earth, and I became, I decided I wanted to be a carpenter. And <laughs> my girlfriend and I moved to Snowshoe, which was newly being built at the time. Okay. And I bought tools and tried to become a carpenter. Then when I realized what real work was like, it's like, hmm, I think I'll go back to school. <laughs> uh, so um, I, would, I, look, I thought, well, you know, maybe if I get a master's degree, um, if I do something in AV, I can get a job at a school, you know, working around audiovisual, right, doing that right, kind right. of stuff. So I applied to two schools and one, one, uh, two film programs, and one uh, accepted me and offered me a, a full fellowship. That was the University of Arkansas. Another stroke of good luck. Mm. And guess who my co- my uh, uh, student co mate was? Well, I know, but let the let the audience Steve Gilliland, you know, <laughs> and that's how. And then he was like, uh, "There's this great group of filmmakers and." I tell people the story. I looked at them and said, "Man, I, I want to be like those guys." Right. And then Steve shot my first movie, and he's we've been together thirty five years. Yeah, now. Steve's a great guy too. Um, he, I'm currently, I, you know, he, he's a professor here as well at West Virginia State University, and I'm currently in his animation class. And he did, he's a wonderful animator. He's a wonderful filmmaker, and so he really is. He's right? a very very talented. Uh, I had post production with him last semester, and he showed um, the Cole Ferry. Yeah, film called us fairy dust. Yeah, called it for fairy dust. I got, I got to see that, and that was really awesome. And I guess he said it aired on Night Flight, and yeah, Radio Nineteen Ninety. That was our first national exposure. Which, which let me let me plug this. Besides Steve being an, you know, and he sacrificed a lot of his career for me. He could have done other things, but he, wor- you know, was so much a part of all the things that I did, including the Fulbrights in Tanzania. Uh, but all those old movies are on my uh, YouTube channel now. Uh, that my management people put up for me, but you can get to it from uh, my website Daniel Boyd Daniel Boyd one word dot com. And we'll, we'll mention that again at the end of the show, and also I'll, have, I'll put links to it on on, on the various ways you great. can get the show. The coldest fairy dust is there, and that was just a little throwaway movie I, we made with extra and film, and was our first national. And it's uh, so neat, and it's cute and funny, and it's it's oh, it's, it's very. I, I, we got a kick out of it. We really did. And so, yeah. so it was really cool. And I like how you mentioned that. You know, I think it's a southern trait for us that. We um, Southerners are storytellers by nature, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I mean that's the same way for me. It led me, you know, my first love was was writing. Anyway, I realized I didn't, I wasn't really cut out to do prose, but I'm really good with snazzy dialogue and and scripts. And so from for me, I went from I mean I'm a frustrated comic writer. I started as a comic writer, then moved to. to to film and then again theater and so that's how I work. But um, I, I love how you mentioned that because I think it's a Southern trait. Um, Rich Hall uh, did a documentary for the BBC about Southern lifestyle and Southern lifestyle and film, but he brought out there's not too many Southern filmmakers. We don't have a, an identity. We have identity as novelist and and you know and you know and playwrights. You know we have Tennessee Reader and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Truman Capote and uh, Harper Lee, and we've we've got these the uh, Fanny Flag. We have these deep novel but movies. We we kind of seem to escape us as filmmakers, mm-hmm. and so it's just I mean, but you know. But then, then there's you, and you've done your share. 
Well, but and uh, besides the Southern, I mean, and again, you are. I mean, you 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 have dual citizenship. You're a true Southerner, and and now West Virginia. You're, you've been here long enough. But what are we? We're not South. We're not, not North. north. We're can, not East. Yeah. We're, we're, there's and and people talk. You know, I'm always. You know, it's this conversation always of this West Virginia image or stereotype or whatever. And I said. Which West Virginia? There's, right. there's five of those, and I've lived, exactly. I've lived in all those. But but you know, Scotty, I think, like I told you guys, I think that's people want to get a chip on their shoulder. I think that's our advantage, the right. uniqueness. But you're right; it is a Southern thing about storytelling and oral tradition. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, of of preserving. It's it's not only the the content, but the way it's told, the way it's delivered. We just we like a good joke. We like a good story. We do, we do. I mean, it's an Appalachian tradition. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you didn't have a chance to, to get so much education, but you had enough stories you could pass around. And you know, from you know, from grandpa to grandma, I mean, to, to grandson to, to and so on and so forth. I mean, storytelling is in our blood. Mm-hmm. It is, and uh, and I'm double so because I, I do have the Native American background. I mean, my people tell stories. That's what we do. It's all this oral tradition. Then you had the Scotch Irish, all right. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah. you get a whole. You have a whole mess of it up mm-hmm. here, so it's it's. I think it's um, just fascinating. But back to Arkansas, so I got this uh, the Scott the the fellowship there and it was around good people, and I, uh, I made a documentary called Homeless Brother, and it wasn't technically a great movie, but it was an interesting. You know, I've always been an adventurer, and I've used uh, showbiz as a way to adventure. Right. And it, the, uh, it was a documentary about hobos. So we took off and rode freight trains and stayed in hobo jungles and went all around the South and shot this, uh, you know, interesting film. And like like I said, it wasn't technically that well done, but this, the topic was interesting. And you said and this was while you were a student, right? Well, I was a student. Well, student. Well, so it was, student, my, yeah. so it was my, my first half-hour PBS film. Well, fantastic. And had success, and then it just went from there. And it was like, well, you know, I ultimately want to do story films. So started with the short films, and like in the movie you talked about, Cold Us was the first breakout. And and that what we didn't we hadn't even planned to make it, which is extra film that we had. And then from that, I made several short films. And then it was after working with John Sales on the feature Maywine that he shot in here, West Virginia, right um, came out and he, during that 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 shoot, I learned so much. It was just like I'm going to make a feature. I'm going to quit talking about it. I'm going to make a feature. Right. And that year, we went into production on Chillers. So you you did Chillers while you were a professor here. Yes. Uh, so you came here in 83, right? 83. 83. And so when did Chillers start? Chillers started production in 87. So how did Chillers happen? How did, did you know, you, you, you got this idea that I'm going to do a feature. And so you've got the, you know, Mate Wan kind of kicks you in the butt mm-hmm. to get to, 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 to that next step. And that's what we always need. We always need that, that extra push. You know, you know we kind of... We like our safe zones, and short films are great, and they're a good safe zone and a good place to learn. But you're ready to make that, ready to make that next step. Sometimes you just need that kick, mm-hmm. and it sounds to me like Mate One does this for you, and Mate One, can you kind of see how it works? John Sales did it for me. John Sales you did know, it for you. You know, and I, and I had met him and his mate Maggie Renzi in New York, and I, you know, it, it all, they were our heroes of the independent scene at right. that time. Uh, he he was it, um, and then after one day on location, the film, I thought I can do this. It's not that. It's not rocket science, you know. You you got a good shooter. You talk about the scene. You get it lit. You shoot it. You move on. Right. And you can be a nice guy about it, you know. Exactly. And he and he was. He was kind, but you know, a, a driving force. Um, so it was like, okay, I I need to do this now, Scotty. You got to remember, back in those days, you still it, it was it was it was it was at the peak of the video boom. 
Right. And that that's, again, my good luck. Right time, right place for a, a person outside of the industry to be able to make it in feature films with international distribution. Because at that time, there was a, a video store on every corner. You know, mom and pop shops, the majors hadn't consumed the, that industry like right. they did later on, you know, and, and took it over. So it was... It was it was one of the two best times for an independent filmmaker to, to break out. One was the drive-in uh, era, then home video. So if you made a good enough movie and you had to shoot film, again, shot on film, this, it was going to cost money. Right. It's not like the digital day where you guys, the cameras we have right here, you can make a, a better-looking movie than we did for next to nothing. Um, uh, but you, if you did a decent film you were guaranteed distribution if right. you got picked up and you know and, like chillers is in 30 some countries and oh i'm i'm sure it's made over a million dollars i sure <laughs> haven't right. but, you, but you know you know how the, how the well, that's, good, a, that's how the flip side of the business i mean yeah. but but at least you've got a, a recognizable work and mm-hmm. you've got a brand and and, and you've you've used that brand especially with, with the comics you so. know you know chillers there was a point where i would tell people you know i've made other movies now it's like thank god you remember that movie <laughs> it's a gift that keeps giving right you know i think i've done other i'm proud of the work i'm glad it's come back out um but uh, it's 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 been you know you want to be known for a body of work, but if you're only but if, if you're only known for one thing, it's better than not being known at all. Well, I think I mean I think and I've, I've seen I've seen Chillers and I've seen I've seen uh, Invasion of the Space Preachers uh, and and of course I've seen a couple of your shorts. Um, but I mean, Chillers was it's like a gateway drug. It's that first one that that, that, that kind of gets you into the mind of, of Danny Boyd and how. You know, you know what you're going to get. This, this. You're, I love you. I love you the way you tell a story, and I love. Thank you. I love how Chillers is this really interesting take, and the way I take it is an homage to the EC Comics. Yeah. You know, and and, and if you've not seen, it, you definitely need to see it. It's it's available on Amazon, and just came out on a double feature DVD. And uh, Chillers and Space Preachers. It's it's phenomenal. It's it's thank a, you. It's very very fun, and um, all about a bus driver. It's really cool. It's got the. <laughs> Well, and you, you ask about the movie, and people say, well, what, why anthology? Well, one, yeah, very much influenced by the EC. Anthology meaning multiple stories. stories There's five right. stories with a central uh, wraparound of these characters telling these nightmares they've had in, in the bus station. The reason I did that as my first feature is, one, I didn't have the confidence in my writing that I, that I could write one good storyline. Right. I knew I could write five and if one didn't work we were quickly to the next one so that that was the artistic reason for anthology for the first film practical reason was there were speaking of five there were only five people that knew anything about filmmaking in this state i mean literal filmmaking and i needed all five of them and they had jobs in Morgantown, the TV station, and spread out around. I couldn't get them to take three weeks off. Right. So we shot a, a story a weekend. And approximately one weekend every month, we'd cowboy up and just <laughs> kick butt for three days, three really hard days, and shoot a single story. So, so do you remember how many days total you shot? 18 days. 18 days? The entire movie was shot so, in 18 So days. six weeks? You did a weekend, so I just did the math. Three. <laughs> no, well, we did. We did. We did like uh, over a nine-month period. We didn't shoot every month. Okay, okay. It was gotcha. over, over, over. We started in October of '87, and we wrapped in May of '88. Okay, very yeah. cool. And it came out in uh, October '88. Very, very cool. Yeah. 
but that w- that was a reason for the anthology, you know? right? Um, I, I'm just I'm, I'm always fascinated by the. I mean, I'm a, I'm a filmmaking student, and I'm just always you know, fascinated by the process. You know, I like I like, and, and I would probably do something similar because I, I mean I grew up. I tell people all the time I cut my short film teeth off watching Sh- Tales from the Dark Side and mm-hmm. Monsters and Twilight, you know, Twilight Zone. I mean, that's how I understood short film. You know, that I, you know, I've got 22 minutes to tell this kind of crazy story or whatever and, and you know get my moral across and, and, and at least show you some interesting characters that you'll follow this journey with. And so Children's does, does just that. I mean, they, you have fascinating characters that each would, and then on top of that, you've got these fascinating stories that kind of branch off from it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I'm a fan, so. <laughs> well, no, no, thanks, Scotty, and thanks for noticing that. Just like you, you said the Twilight Zone, you know how crazy I am about that. Oh, yeah. I learned so much from it. But it's like, you know, you communicate on two levels. You and I are, are you know, you, you admit this, we're kind of in the exploitation business. We like over the top. We like sensationalism. Right. But by God, there's a message there. there now, there? We're, not, we're not beating it over your head. <laughs> no, we're, we're not, not waving a flag. But uh, we're entertainers first. But every one of those things says something. And that's why... Uh, I was happy to get into the comic business uh, through Chillers. Again, right. the gift that keeps giving right. is that I could go deeper with those morality tales and that's, in, that's in true. anthology. And it, it's really good for me at my age now. I mean, I'm, I'm a different writer at 58 than I was at uh, 30 right. when I was doing those feature films. And it's like, you know, there's things that really bother me. Uh, but instead of... Uh, uh, you know, carrying a banner or having a protest or, you know, some other polarizing way, I can I can package that into, uh, uh, you know, a property of this, of sensationalism yeah, to but get the point you, across. You do, you do what an artist does best. They they protest through their art. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that, and, and that reaches way farther than, you know, I understand protesting. Yeah, it, it's a form of communication and something to, to get your messages across. But art does it in such a beautiful way, mm-hmm. and in a long, a, a, a longer-lasting way, I think. And, and so, um, and I'll, say that, and I'll, I, I'll go I, further and say I don't want to. Again, I don't. I don't want to call myself high art, but but let, let's say popular culture. Mm-hmm. Popular culture is the most powerful tool for social change. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Um, totally. Totally agree. And I mean, and 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 you mentioned because you mentioned Chiller's book. You know, look at Carbon. I mean, carbon's your your take on, on the environment here in West Virginia mm-hmm. and 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 the the environment culture here in West Virginia, with its own special Danny Boyd twist on it, which is which you know your sensationalism on it, which makes it work so well. I'm I'm waiting for that feature to come out because it's going to happen. Oh, thank you, Scotty, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> but car, car, carbon's thirty years of my pent up environmental views that I didn't have the right property to tell to give those views with. You know, and so, I, you know, again, I, I'm not a, a, a banner waiver. Um, I, I, it, I, it was going to be the big movie I was going to make. Mm-hmm. Well, I never made those circles. So then when I fell into comics by accident, it's like, holy cow, I don't have to worry about budget with comics. Page calls, same amount. Oh, exactly. No matter what's exactly, on it. exactly. It's like, man, I can do my epic now. So that was that was the dam breaking. That was the cold slurry dam breaking with carbon is my environmental views you know again which is a very polarizing subject here in west virginia you know we're so dependent on coal but by god we're on the wrong side of history right so it's it was my way of saying okay guys i understand the the position that we're in but but not only is it dirty for us and it's just been a a destructive force in our lives for all for a hundred years 
Now it's a destructive force for the world. You right, know, exactly. You know, the, with climate change and so forth. But again, you know, it's nothing is black and white. And so in carbon, uh, the heroes are coal miners. And mm-hmm. I don't know of anyone else that's ever done that. I mean, either. It's, it's, you know, where, so, you know, I, I, you know, I walk both sides of that, of, of that one. But, but it is it is my strong, strong environmental views, man. You know, you, you look at the human body. We, we, we've been able, we've learned how to replace every organ except one. Right. The brain. Right. You can't. You cut the top off of a mountain. You've, you know, right. It doesn't. You know, it's not going to go back. It's not going to go back. No, no, you know, not not in. Uh, you know, maybe in another uh, millennium. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're not here. So, right. I mean, yeah. in, in the year twenty five twenty five. I guess as much as we can say on that still one. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Donovan coming up in, <laughs> yeah. in this. Um, you mentioned that I, I like how you keep mentioning how you lucked out. And um, part of this, you, you met, and part of success anyway, is bright time, who you know, talent. But I like how you keep mentioning how you just kind of accidentally fall into stuff. How did you accidentally fall into comics? Because I could, I couldn't finish a movie. It's as, as simple as that. I was, I was already getting burnt out on movies. So I, I worked on one. You know, I had this great, this crazy idea that I'd do a musical on the highest freestanding mountain on earth, Mount Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, everybody said, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So I went to Tanzania, and and half the crew almost died climbing the mountain. I thought, man, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. So on the flight home, I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's time for me to move away from film. Well. You were talking to me before the show. I had, I had a career in professional wrestling. Yeah, I'm in my middle too. ages, and uh, my part, still my partner at the time, uh, Death Falcon Zero, Bill Bittner. Um, we were working on him. He talked me into this movie, Death Falcon Zero versus the Zombie Slug Lords, which was actually very socially conscious. It's set on the west side. That's a great title. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just it is, but it's 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 about the issues that we deal with now: drugs, uh, slumlords, absentee landlords. <clears throat> um, but you know, at, at sort of a luchador, Mexican mm, uh, right. Mexican mask wrestler, kind of El Santo, right. kind of thing. And actually, we shot a lot of we shot we shot scenes in Africa, we shot scenes in Europe in Prague. Um, but it just wasn't working, and we were wrestling pretty heavy at the time. We were full-time uh, eight, under eight, AWA contract, so we were driving tens of thousands of miles. And I said, Bill, I'm, I'm sorry, I just, I just, I, just, I can't finish this movie like this. It's not good enough for this. I said, but I, you, I know you've read comics all your life. I haven't read them for 30 years. Did they still do illustrated novels? And he said, yeah. I said, well, let's adapt it as an illustrated novel. So we agreed, and while we were doing that, not a full graphic novel, right. an illustrated novel, right. while we were doing that, I started reading the comics of the last 30 years and went, holy cow, oh, this yeah. is the medium for me. Because at this point, I don't. I, mean, I made thirty some movies. I don't have to make a movie unless they unless they bring a big Hollywood truck and dump a bunch of money in my yard. Right. I don't. I don't have to, but I have to tell stories. And this is my way. And, and I, well, you were around at the time when we first talked. Balsha was here. We were all talking like, like, let's get into this medium. This is this is cinema on the page, and we don't have to raise millions of dollars. Right. I think it's, when when I got here was eleven, and we went to um, 
Mid Ohio Comic Con, mm-hmm. and we we Those all tried. Yeah, yeah that, so we were looking for you were looking for. I think you were still getting ready to do Chillers One. You were you were working on Chillers right. One, mm-hmm. trying to find a publisher. So trying to find a publisher for that. Yes. What was it, Cincinnati? That's uh, Columbus. 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 Yeah. Columbus. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that's our, our first trip together with uh, mm-hmm. our, my friend Brandy Jenkins, who yeah. got me to here at West Virginia State. Freebird. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you you were so you were you caught up on you know reading oh, yeah. like no, no and and you know just you know I knew it was going on right I just, I just you know I'd fallen out of it and and I couldn't I couldn't stop reading them you know Neil Gaiman Alan Moore and this just incredible and and not just superheroes of course just not superheroes right and then and and of course I was noticing the you know the uh, comic to screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that's still happening oh, in yeah, television and film. And I don't think it's going to go anywhere for any time soon. I hope not. Every time I see one, I say cha-ching. You know, I, just, <laughs> I, just, I hope so. But that, but pe- people think I got into comics so that I could get back in the movies. Absolutely not. But I wrote every comic as if it would be a movie. Oh, well, that's and what that, you know. And that's why Carbon is being shopped now. It, I mean, it is. It is. It's Zero Gravity is managing it in L.A. And, it's, and I know that it's gotten into... The doors of some pretty big places. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, who knows what'll happen? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I'm, I could be working on it when <laughs> when I get get to California well, next year. You you know it's 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 a younger man's game. I, the people say, would would you insist on directing it? Heck, no. I, you know, it's, it's your generation. You, know, <laughs> you guys are the ones that are keeping up on this. I, I just I just want to see my writer's credit there, and then like I said, I want that Hollywood dump truck. <laughs> You're right, the dump, dump truck of money in my yard. I, I I like how you mentioned that comics. What I like about comics and, and um, big studios are now realizing this is that that your budget is still is unlimited by page. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do whatever. Um, Josh Whedon did this when they realized well, after Buffy ended five years later they did a Buffy comic and they did and they started out with season eight and they've, I think they're up to eleven now but it was so fantastical it was literally the, those writers and they were you know Whedon and the original writers got together and, and storyboard their their season out but they're unlimited so they've got giants and they've got you know this giant battle in Tokyo and so and it's and it's still compelling storytelling unlimited budget and. That's one of the reasons why I love comics. You can just do whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just, you know, balls of the wall, big, big, bigger the better, and still get a story across. It's amazing. You have to, you don't have to worry about how am I going to do this shot or how 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 much is this special effect going to cost me? It's just going to cost me the artist. She'll draw it or she'll draw it, whatever she needs it to. So uh, comics can, are such a wonderful medium for that. You can say balls on your show. I can say balls on the okay. show. Well, Whedon is a genius. I mean, you know, if you don't know who the guy is, you, you hear us talking about, okay, he takes Buffy and he has Giants in Tokyo. Josh Whedon does it. It's pretty cool. All right, all right exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, everything that guy touches. And, and, and good for him. I mean, he's exactly. translated from, from the B team to, you know, top budget Hollywood stuff. Right, and he's paid his dues along the way from, from working on Roseanne, you know, co-wrote Toy Story, and moving on mm-hmm. all, all the way up to so. I mean, it's a, uh, it, it's it's, but you know that's what we said was one of the things I like about comics that you can do, and yeah, we can say balls as well. We you know on on iTunes we do have the explicit tag, so we're <laughs> you, you can say whatever you'd I like. I've been watching my language. <laughs> so <laughs> and so you can say whatever you like, especially on the mop. That's why it's called the Mopcast Raw. <laughs> Freebird, Freebird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, so you yeah, so you continue your story about how you fell into. Uh, 
comic book writing and moving on to that. Oh, okay. Well, so while we were doing that, I loved the, the Death Falcon book, you know, uh, that experience of it. And, 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 then, and, then, and then it hit me, man, I can finally do Carbon. But I knew I wasn't known in comics. Right. You know, and in fact, I hadn't been in real showbiz for, for a while. And, you, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So I thought, okay, I need, I need to learn this business, um, but I, I need to start, I need to work my way up. Right. So I went back to Chiller's because that was the most recognizable property for yeah. my career. And whole people still remembered. Yeah. And I could do anthology. I could use, just like the movie, except we would use different, some different, I, I write the majority of the stories, but I bring in other uh, writers, which includes some Western State people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, students, I might add. Um, uh, but it would be a way for me to break in and start to to get get myself a name in the comic business, and you know, and, it, and work with different artists and so forth. And I'm telling you, it was boot camp for me. It was it was comic book creation boot camp of how do you find the artist, working with the artist, put you know, putting it all together, and then the good luck of getting publishing is very difficult now with with everyone doing it themselves. But, right. But I was lucky to fall in with comic veteran Gary Reed, who's been in the business 30 years, had Caliber Comics. Uh, It had gone out of business, and then he started this boutique, Transfusion, which was perfect for me. It was a small thing, and he's still a a true mentor with me. And 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 the people out there who who don't know Caliber Comics, Caliber Comics started Brian Michael Bendis and David Mack and Mike Oning. Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis, and all these big names in comics. He did the first to do The Crow. Right, exactly. Uh, uh, O'Bear. J.M. O'Bear. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> trying to get my names right <laughs> i didn't write that note down that's off my head but yeah you know caliber launched a lot of these a lot of them I mean, a lot of these people that you know i mean you know you're you wouldn't get your modern marvel right now without mm-hmm. brian michael Med- bendis and and so the him and mike oming just has a show coming out in march on the playstation network powers i mean it's it's literally everywhere it's getting it's it's but i'll start with caliber mm-hmm. well i know and gary tell and well again the good luck that you know that this guy he got he's my age He's a, he's a, he's a professor. He's a biology professor. Uh, and See, that's he, interesting. And a biology he, yeah, professor and he had been he'd been in comics as long as I'd been in movies. So, and then he's you know he got back in with this this boutique publisher Transfusion and became so successful that he relaunched Caliber a year ago. So Carbon was one of his first Caliber releases. Mm. Um, uh, at the time but yeah funny a funny story about uh, how many people start uh, cal- started with caliber mm-hmm. gary tells the story about he could never finish a comic he get halfway through say a graphic say a series he get halfway through and marvel or dc would hire his artist <laughs> <laughs> so you know oh, it's like, a horrible you know, problem you know it's it's like you know having this great triple a team right you know, but you're not going to you're not going to win the win the show because the players keep getting called up he called up to the majors yeah you're not going to win your, your championship so yeah wow i mean I'm trying to get. I got. I'm gonna see if I can get Gary on the show. <laughs> He'd probably be interesting too. Yeah, he, 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 he's no nonsense. I mean, no, he's, no. He's, he's he's not a gabber, and he he's, he says, "Oh, I'm, I'm not, there's no hype." I said, well, "Gary, why don't you sometimes give me a little hype? <laughs> you know, you can make it a little more positive." But that's what I needed. I need a realistic voice of reason. Um, he doesn't love all my work. I don't want him. To, I don't necessarily. Right, I don't need right. him to love it all, as long as he thinks he can. He can move it. Right. And and so far so good. And at this at this point in my career, it's like you know I'm not I'm not going to be shopping around much. If I'm with a publisher, I'm going to stick with him. So I kind of feel like. 
So as a creator now, and and, and of two mediums, uh, especially now with the comics, you, I, I, you you did a lot of touring with Carbon. Uh, you did some touring with Chillers, but you did, mm-hmm. I think you did more. Did you do more with Carbon? No, I, I did more with Chillers. Okay. Actually, I did a lot more cons. So, so how's the how's the con scene for you from the from the the table perspective? I mean, I I've done it a couple of times, but um, you know, I'm you know I've, I've been more spectator than anything but so you've got the flip side you've both been spectator and now suddenly you're 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 doing table work and panels and trying to let everyone know about carbon i mean it's part of the grind it is a grind scotty and i don't want to say anything i am so grateful for anyone that likes my work and 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 you you know i'm approachable oh yeah yeah and i'm all but i'm not going to say i hate cons right but I dislike them. Well, I mean, because I've worked so many of them. And the, 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 here's what people don't realize: man, you're there for six or eight hours for three days. Oh yeah. And it's just it's and at a certain point your ears are just numb <laughs> from that from that you know whatever that white noise. Is oh yeah, that's, the, that's the, going that, on. The, the con noise is it's crazy, and I love it. Yeah, well, I, you know, the first couple ones I tell people, you know, I tell them this, and they, they, they think I tell them that, you know, there's no such thing as God, that, it, yes, the first couple are fun, but, you know, after, after that, it's work. Oh, yeah. Uh, my preference now are those uh, bookstore signings, those, those two, three-hour uh, appearances. Right. Now, it's not quite as much money, but you're in and out. Right. You know, people are coming just for that. Uh, I'm going to work some. Con- I like working with Trauma. You know, right. Trauma. Uh, they're 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 a lot of fun. And 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 then I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the main event. I'm I'm one. I'm their guest filmmaker because mm-hmm. I work for them, and I can put my comics out. and I can come and go. But I like working. Oh, that's cool. With, uh, that's with that's very very cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally get the. Like I said, I've 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 done. I've been where. I mean, we self published uh, regionally in 2000 and so we did a couple of regional cons and the biggest one we did was megacon and orlando but um it was um it's a lot different being there and you're there you're de- there six eight hours ten hours sometimes i mean with us we were from booth set up to booth shut down and it was just like mm-hmm. and people don't realize how much work goes behind you and they just see you sitting there like no 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 we're it's it's you know i have a product i have to make sure you you get to see and and you've got so much limited time and you've got that people just passing by the whole time and, it's and you gotta you gotta sell and oh, I, yeah. i'm just not good at that you know uh I, I, we gotta get you a bark <laughs> yeah, you know i have plenty of ego but it, it's just hard for me to to, to to keep pitching myself over and over and over again and I, i've really gotten to the point where when someone comes up to me at a con and says well tell me about yourself i really just want to say Google that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to be rude, but, it, but it's just like, man, set up a laptop. It's not that it's that much, but it, but if it, it, if I've got to go oh. through this story, I'm probably not going to sell you anything anyway. Right. I mean, you know, so I just wanted to think of a kind way to say that. You know, I, I think a lot of times those those kind of people um, just want to hear themselves talk anyway. There, yeah, mean, there's a lot of that. There's, there's a lot of that, and. Um, this is a freak show. I mean, <laughs> and I like freak shows. Oh yeah, but it, but I mean, it is it is semi freak show. Oh yeah, it's just I mean, I you know, I I, I judge six things I would like you know my wish list of success. I just would like someone to cosplay of something I created. That's that's, that's, that's you know someone oh, to like so. You, that's a cheap. That's a goal. Yeah, it's a goal. Oh, is, dude, that, that's a cheap. You're publishing major publishers. <laughs> you, that's, yeah, it's just something I want. You know, it's just. 
We'll just make to, that happen. To something, you know, someone takes the time to and loves something I created so much that they want to be that person for a day. Yeah. That's something to that. And then, and that's the side of cons I like. Um, I don't think I'll ever reach the level of con- fandom where I would dress up, but I love the people who do. And it's like, I'm the guy who's taking the photographs of the people. Well, you know, I, I'm not making fun of the people that dress up. Right. Because, you know, I've worked 10 years in professional wrestling where I wore <laughs> spandex. So I, I, I certainly can't make, make fun of uh, uh, that yeah, part, um, So we'll move away from, because uh, you know, we've got a limited time, and I want to cover a couple other things bef- before we go. Um, I, I do want to talk about your, your full body experiences, uh, mm-hmm. your time in Tanzania, making films in, in, in mm-hmm. Tanzania. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. And then I definitely, we definitely have to talk about your wrestling career. And then I, I'll let you go. <laughs> I'm loving it, Scotty. Whatever. <laughs> and so, um, so um, when did when did the you did full body in ninety eight ninety nine? And what happened was I was really I was doing a, I was actually in, working a Hollywood deal. I was, still, I was teaching a state, but I had a movie in development, as they call it. It's development hell. Actually, it's actually with Robert Redford's producer. And it just burnt me out. It just was like, give me, rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. And it was like, you know, I need a break. So um, I needed a change in my life as, as, as well. And, I, you know, I've always liked to travel. So I thought, you know, I'll just I'll apply for a Fulbright. And really, I wanted to go to India. Right. That was a place I really wanted to go. But there wasn't anything film-related. But there was a, a, a department in University of Dar es Salaam in Tanzania, East Africa, that was looking for someone for a fledgling film program they so, were starting. So, so did, did, you, did you research that and kind of figure out where you wanted to go? Or did you say, this is the skills I have and this is what I'm... There's I'm- a book. There's a guide. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you flip through it and and they the, the schools put out requests. Okay. And you you go right. through it and you, you, you look for it. Or you can do it at large. You can put yourself out there at large and someone can grab it. But I just, you know, I, I found this program and just focused on them and just went through the long application process. And, you know, I've, I bring a good skill set. As you know from my classes, we, we're, we're colleagues in my classes. We learn right, by doing. Right. And, you know, and that's what they, they liked. You know, and I've always worked on a low budget. Um, so I just pitched them on the, on the idea of, you know, we'll jump in and we'll, and we'll do this. And got the gig and, man, it changed my life, put me back together. It's right. just, it was just uh, living in where man first emerged, right. the cradle of civilization, there in the Rift Valley of Tanzania. And you just living on feel the, it. Yeah, you do. It, living on the Indian Ocean. Um, you know, how, long, how long were you there? One year for the first uh, for, for the first gig. And then I had several, con- probably, probably five times, went back you know, on contract things on, on two different, uh, two different uh, Fulbright contracts. One's a senior specialist where we, where Steve Gilliland and myself and a, and a, and a state student, Hugh Canada, went and taught, um, you know, a, like a year after I'd left, right. a refresher course on film, and then we made a film with a client there, um, uh, uh, AIDS awareness film, but uh, but as a narrative. Yeah, and you that show that in your international film yeah, class. Yeah. Dwara Circle. Um, so we had several projects back and forth. We brought a couple of their students over. I don't know if you met Richard and Duguru. Uh, he was not. here, and then Hamza Abdullah. It's a couple of my students there. Came through our graduate program here. So it was a it was a very good ten year relationship for us. Wonderful, wonderful. That's, see, uh, 
Fulbright for me is something I'm, I've always been interested in, and I've done a couple of leadership conferences where the Fulbright people have been there, and so we've we've talked. My next step is graduate school, so mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm looking for postgraduate school if I'm you know it's one of my options, and because uh, you know it's good until you get a doctorate, and then they don't give you they don't give it to you anymore once you reach your doctorate level. <laughs> well, don't don't and everyone listening here, uh, don't let the the word scare you away. Fulbright that is so elitist and out of your reach. They're looking for practical people that can do things. And the, the, uh, some of the best friends I made were people of, of your age, your level in school, right. at grad level, doing research. Right. And those are good gigs, man. Oh, I, yeah. You know, I got the, the better the professor gig, but there's a lot of good right. research yeah. gigs. And I, still some of the best friends I have today were, were it's, students who were there. You know, for, the, for the students who are listening to us, uh, if, you, if you want a different experience, a different educational experience, definitely look into the Fulbright Scholarship Program. It's a wonderful, wonderful program. And so, you know, Dan, Dan and they pay you. Yeah. And they pay you. That's yeah. it. And and Danny can t- attest to you that mm-hmm. you know he's done, you've done it three times. And uh, was it two thousand two the uh, alumni uh, yes, award? Right, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget what the third one was called, but uh, but yeah, we we we've done several projects. And probably before my life is over, I'll rekindle that relationship. But I just at a certain point, no, I, I sort of do things in tens, t- ten t- years. You're taking on the comic book world right now. Right. That's, <laughs> the, that's, yeah, you're taking on the comic book world right now. And, it, and I'm. Five six years in, and that. that's something you can you know you can parlay into into and Fulbright. That's something that I mean it's global. It's comics are global, and storytelling is global anyway. So it's just an, another medium you can reach out to, and so yeah, it's just something that you know that I know you've probably already thought about. But <laughs> well, I have, but you know, um, and I've thought I've thought about that too. What, what a great thing to introduce in the third world. Exactly. You know, the, where they can't make a movie that uh, with budget level that could compete. But they could put together or a graphic novel. novel exactly. Um, you know, I mean, look, look, God, India and Africa. Look at the populations there. Holy cow! Right. You keep the price down, man. You talk about a buck. Exactly. There's a buck in it. There, there is. There and definitely. And stories. I mean, the rich. You talk about storytelling. Oh yeah. That's why I love Tanzania so much. I mean, the African oral tradition is so similar to the Appalachian oral tradition. I mean, the the mystical, the animals, you know, all all, all of that kind of stuff is like. Uh, and then Hindi, you know, in, mm-hmm. in India, my there's just just the richness. So, so believe me, I I dig what you're talking about, I, and I'd love to be a pioneer in that area. How oh, I think you can do it. Well, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's, I think you definitely can do it. Um, let's see. For the last little bit, let's. So, how did you fall into wrestling? Okay, because <laughs> I, I, I assume that was an accident, and you fell into that too. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're planned accidents. It was, you know, it was after that period I was burnt out. Oh, I told you about with film. You know, I almost killed my crew on Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, that I got involved in adventure writing. You know, uh, outdoor stuff, right. uh, biking, uh, different kinds of things, and and then I just I just started pushing the all. You know, I got published in wonderful West Virginia magazine and other publications, and I was still shooting, still doing still photography again, which I was really enjoying. It just struck me like you know I've I've always loved wrestling. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. I, I think very very cool. And. It was like, well, man, why, why can't I do that? So, and I found a local uh, company, and I gave them the idea. I said, look, I'm, I'll write something. I'll give you a good promotion. Um, just let me get involved in a match. And my idea was to come in as a manager, you know, just, you know, the mm-hmm. evil professor, something like that, and just do a gimmick and, you know, say that I've done it. So they said, let us think about it. And they called me the next day and said, okay, we'll agree under two conditions. I said, okay, what? 
One, you train like everyone else. You've got to go through the training. Now, I was 48 years old. Right. Pretty good shape. Right. But, but I, so I was, these guys are 20. I was 48 years old. And number two, you've got to come in using your real name, Danny Boyd. I said, all right. You know, I took the challenge, and, and it kicked my ass. I'm, but I'm really proud of it. Right. I mean, it, was, it would be like joining the military at the middle age. I mean, going through the training. Right. I mean, it, that stuff hurts. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, watch the documentaries on, on what what aspiring pro wrestlers go to. And, I, you know, you are in good shape and, and, and probably better shape at 48. But I am. you're still, still at – yeah, Then I, then I the, was at 30, that's for sure. And, and then so at 48, I mean, I, you know, just imagine how much strenuous that was for you. But – Oh, it hurts, man! I tell you, I tell you, it hurts. But, but I don't want to give you nightmares. But, you know, no, 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 because it's it, it's it's funny because I'll tell you, I just uh, I'm going back in this weekend. I'm working a gig. Uh, I haven't been in the ring in over two years, and um, it's it's like a sickness. Like Roddy Piper writes about, <laughs> it pulls you back in. But I will tell you something, Scotty. And I know you're a fan. That's why I love talking about this. Um, Professional wrestling is the most honest entertainment enterprise I've ever worked in. And I've worked in almost every entertainment enterprise. Right. Now, doesn't that sound ironic? Yes. I mean, here, 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 here is an enterprise that is based on a lie. But I will tell you inherently, it is the most honest. I mean, the people that take it seriously, I mean, there is an honor. Oh, there yeah. are rules. Oh, yeah. oh. There, are, there are all these kinds of things. And people say, oh, it's all fake. I hate that word. It's not fake. It's predetermined. Right, that, that's right, obvious. right. But people think it's choreographed. That's the big misconception about pro wrestling is not. Right. It's pre- you just know who wins and who loses. You work it out in the ring. Right. Sometimes you'll talk before. And the truth of pro wrestling is we don't know the truth. We know what our finish is going to be. Sometimes right. we know the cutoff. We know the shine. We right. know these certain things. <laughs> But the truth is in the gray area, and there, and that's the beauty. That's why I think, and that's why I th- also think it's the most wonderful entertainment form for an audience, is because the truth is in the gray. Right, exactly. That neither know the, either the, the the performer or the audience. Right. Uh, WWE had some flack uh, last month or earlier this month uh, about one of the Royal Rumbles. The the person who won, the audience. Did not anoint, or did not think he should have won, and because he was a he was a, he's a newer wrestler, and the thought is that he hasn't earned it yet. It got to bad to the point that the the WWE fans were canceling their subscription to the WWE Network, and it was trending on uh, on, on Twitter for um, a while. You know, cancel cancel WWE Network, and um, um, I, I know my wrestling age. I mean, I, I know, I'm, I'm you know that mid nineties. I, that was my era of wrestling, and so. Um, but I have friends of mine who who, who are really into it. And, uh, we did a, a segment on the, our our normal show, our weekly show, about it, uh, to, just because to, it was such, it was trending so big. I was like, I really want to know what wrestling fans are thinking here, because you're right, the non wrestling fan or the casual wrestling fan, well, that's all fake. It's all, but and you're right, it's predetermined. It's not fake. These are real athletes who go out and and and. Sometimes endanger themselves doing this. You're this always endanger yourself. That shit hurts, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just because that room like, really? gives a little bit, it, it hurts. It gives a lot of when you see it on camera, but yeah. I bet it doesn't get give give as much as you think it does. Most so. painful thing in wrestling. Here's another misconception: the basic bump, fall on your back. Uh huh. You, I mean, you think, oh, that's like a trampoline. 
man, that's the hardest thing to learn how to do, and it hurts more than anything. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. I mean, you're the expert. I want to. So who who was over in that rumble? Because I didn't watch. Oh, I I I can't remember, but because it was something I didn't plan on talking about. But uh, I'll I'll tell you afterward. We'll we'll look at it. But yeah, it was a. it was a huge, huge thing. But it got to the point where you know I was looking on Twitter, and it was all on my Twitter feed because, you know, you know here at the network we, you know, the the essence of, of our network is that we celebrate fandom, all fandom, wrestling fan, all of it, and so that hit my my Twitter feed. So my because my friends and my fans are are some of them like wrestling, and so I started delving into it. And then I had a buddy of mine, uh, Aaron Porter from Alabama, who did a segment for us on because he's really big into it. We're trying to. We're, working out trying to do a show for the network for with him on it but because that's one thing we're missing here that wrestling perspective <laughs> but i thought it was fascinating how you know you know you know these fans expect something and it's okay to do something left field but sometimes taking that risk it has consequences well and, and it's 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 a sickness in my case it, i just get obsessed with something and like i said I, w- I would just then i was just going to do the one program and i did did this thing against mr x you know that we this program we ran over a couple months and then i, I decided I, st- I wanted to keep doing it so i got together with bill bittner right. death falcon zero we became, formed a tag team we worked all over we i mean we probably worked 150 so matches the, the, the tag team was called grapes of wrath the grapes of wrath that's grapes right of wrath, yeah. right uh, death falcon zero and, and professor, professor danger. danger and i still actually hold the belt i still have the einstein belt uh out of geneva switzerland uh, league of nations belt for world's smartest wrestler who knew that that was a belt (laughs) it was and i have to defend it this year i've just got notice it's one you have to defend once a year in order to hold it so so do you have to go to switzerland and defend it um we're working out the details now oh you'll definitely let us know we will we will we will hype that yeah so i said you're and you're wrestling tomorrow um I'm not. I'm, 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 this I'm, weekend, right? This weekend. This I'm, weekend. And, I, and actually, I'm going to start off managing. So they say we'll see what happens. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. yeah okay. You'll definitely let us know about that stuff because yeah. that's the stuff we we will definitely promote promote on the network. Yeah. Well, I've been away from the ring so long. I kind of wanted to slip in. So I, you're, you're you're getting the scoop here. I, <laughs> I, I need to get my ring shape back a little bit. Well, hey, we're ha- always happy for scoops. Yeah. Well, it has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for taking some your your time out and uh, yeah, spending a little time with with us here here at the network. And with pleasure, Scotty. And again, this is not showbiz talk. I'm so proud of you. I tell people, you know, I just I'm going to tell your crowd right here. They the West Virginia Writers, the oldest group in West Virginia, write um, writing group, very prestigious. Had graphic narrative as a category. And my st- the first year, my students won five of the six awards, and Scotty won the top award. Yes, we did. So, yes, we did. It was and, uh, it's a huge honor. This year they're doing the, this year they're doing screenplay, and I'm entering, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm entering that. So, out a boy, because it's a it's a great it's a fun thing to do, and I love writing, so it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone can find you at uh, Dan- um, I'll let you plug, plug your sites. Uh, DanielBoyd.com. One word: DanielBoyd.com. That'll lead you anywhere. Um, I'm with Caliber uh, Entertainment. And uh, most of my films run with Troma, but most of my stuff you can find at the site, uh, DanielBoyd.com. All right, and we'll definitely have links posted uh, on everywhere you can find this podcast, so you'll be able to click them and, uh, while you're listening and, and check Dan, uh, Danny's work out. And hey, yeah, and, and since since you're in Europe now, let me pimp my new artist. Uh, I've got the sequel uh, for Carbon Salt, 
that's uh, being done now and my new artist See, look there's a scoop there yeah it's uh, <laughs> a Predrag Ivanovic in Serbia and maybe Predrag he goes by Peka so maybe Peka is, is listening that'll be our next show because I'm showing Scotty my uh, yeah and it looks great I'm, right I'm looking now. I'm looking at it. it's very very awesome I can't wait uh, looks kind of has a carbon feel so I'm um, you know and if you've not read carbon uh, you can get carbon um, you can do anyway, ca- yeah, did caliber yeah uh, digital downloads, you know, it's uh, iBooks, Google Books, and Amazon. Any, you can get it ever. Any, any any way you consume books, you can find. <laughs> yeah, you can, and it's great. So I highly highly recommend Thanks. it. It's got the 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 mop seal of approval. Mm. But uh, so you know, definitely follow Danny's work. He's amazing, um, and he's going to keep doing it. So and 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 then wrestling on top of it. Plus, he's a professor. Oh, <laughs> You're making me blush. Oh, you're just doing everything. <laughs> it's very, very cool. Thank you very much. Thank oh, you again. Thank you, thank you so Pleasure. much. And so, uh, all right, cool. Oh, you're too nice, man. Thank you for listening to the Mobcast Network.